We begin today's shir at the beginning of the new parak at the top line of Daf Mem Tes, the sixth parak of Nidorim. On the side, you'll notice we have a mivneh, a structural note, where the double underline is used, Hadgoshas Lishonis Shel Nidorim. We're highlighting the different texts or the versions of the vows. Hanodim Minam Avushal Muter one who vowed not to benefit from mevushal. Now, mevushal means cooked. Someone who vows not to eat from cooked things. And I should caution that when we're learning Masechs Nidorim, as we've seen numerous times in the past, strict translation doesn't do the trick. One has to get into the meaning and the implication of different expressions. And that will figure quite prominently as we go through this sugya as well. So in the meantime, we're learning that one who says he's not going to benefit from a vushal, he is allowed to benefit from tzli and sholuk. Tzli might be explained as something that's roasted, and sholuk, you find a machlokis in the meforshim as to how to define that. Rashi takes the approach, mevushal yoser midai, it's overcooked. So that mevushal would mean something properly cooked, and shaluk something overcooked. The Teisvis, when it comes to shaluk, says shaluk she'ein mevushal yoser, it's undercooked. So whichever approach you take, you should realize that mevushal means properly cooked, and shaluk is cooked but not properly. And when we speak about a contrast between cooking or tzli, and mevushal tzli is a form of food preparation without a water environment. It's roasted over a fire. Whereas Mavushal is something prepared in a water environment. We continue in the Gemara, in the Mishnah. Omar Koinum Tavshil She'eni Toim. Person vows that he will not taste from a Tavshil. Osir B'maisa Kedero Rach Umutu B'ova. He is allowed to partake of Maisa Kedero Rach. And as, uh, let me correct myself. He's also, he's forbidden to partake in Maisigdei Rachrach means loose or liquidy. <clears throat> it would be some type of dish that has, let's say, uh, a lot of gravy to it. Uh, our, uh, but he's allowed to partake of something that's oved, that's thick. That's um, the opposite of watery. So that tafshio has a connotation. Something that's liquidy is forbidden, something that's dry or, or thick is allowed. One who vowed not to benefit from tafshil is allowed <coughs> to benefit from these uh, things, uh, the egg, that's the turmuta egg, and the remutsa dalas. Uh, the Gemara will address this in its uh, explanation later on. The example that Rashi gives of a of something that's ove, it's something that he calls daiso. Daiso is probably something like porridge. Hanoder mimaisa kedera, ein osu elo mimaisa raschosa. One who vowed not to uh, benefit from maisa kedera, he's he is vowing not to take it, not to benefit from something that is. Uh, Rashi says dovo harosel, something that's boiling, something that's hot. Uh, like like rotive, like gravy, things that are like that. 
Omar Kinim Hayurid Likadero Sheini Toim. If a person uses that expression, Alsur Bechol Ha Misbashlin Bikadero. That language of post prohibition, self prohibition from that which descends into a pot, then he is ossering himself from anything that's cooked in a kadera, cooked in a pot. You'll see in the Rashi, with this expression called he's prohibiting himself whether it's a loose or thick type of dish. That's, of course, in contrast with uh, the expression the Gemara, Tanya, regarding someone who is noder min hamavushal, like the opening of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yoshia Oser. And we have an arrow here, you can align it with the arrow above, and we see a machlokes tanoyim. Does mavushal include tzli in its connotation? According to the Mishnah, mavushal is distinguished from sli, mavushal, cooked, sli, roasted. According to Rabbi Yoshia, <coughs> the term mavushal will include sli. Even though there's no explicit proof to that, there nevertheless is a an allusion to it, a hint to it. Shinemar, it says, regarding the Korban Pesach, which we know from the Torah needs to be roasted. The Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, the Korban Pesach sacrifice, is not to be cooked. And look what the Pesach says in Divrei Yomim. Vayavashlu ha-Pesach bo'esh kamishpot. And therefore the word Vayavashlu cannot possibly mean cooked in water. And therefore, what does Vayavashlu mean? Roasted. So that if a person is no min ha-mivushal, like the word Vayavashlu, he is he is prohibiting himself from roasted as well. The diamond marking is used here and explained on the sign under the Nosei Mivne heading. These are shlavim, these are stages. Lahazbir, machlikas atanoim b'inyan tzli. Lagabi, mishenodar min hamavushal. The attempt to understand this machlokas tanoim tanei controversy that we controversy that we just presented. So stage one, lema b'halkum tzli. Can we say? That it's in the following that they argue the Rabbi Yoshia Savar Haloch Achar Loshen Torah that in order to establish what is included in the vow you define things by what you see in the scriptures. Tana Dilon Savar Benedorim Haloch Achar Loshen Beneodam, and our Tana, the first line of the Mishnah, holds that in Nedorim you follow the way people use terms in common speech, and in common speech Mevushal. Would would exclude is is not inclusive of that which is roasted. The Gemara says, "Lo, that is not the analysis." Everyone is in agreement with the well-known principle that when you're trying to establish what is prohibited in a vow, you follow the common use of the term. Okay, so the common use of the term mevushal. What is it? Mar kiasrei umar kiasrei. There really is no machlokes. It's just that the our Tana and Rabbi Yoshia were reflecting the common use in their respective locales. Ba'asra de Tana Dilon in the place of our Tana litzli koru le tzli ulemavushal koru le mavushal. 
Each term is called by its own name. Roasted is called sli, cooked is called mavushal. So if you're no dermina mavushal, according to our Tana, our Mishnah, you are not prohibiting yourself from sli. Be'asra of Yoshia, hafilut sli, koru mavushal. In Rav Yoshia's town, even tzli is referred to, even roasted is referred to using the word mevushal. So as far as this stage of the Gemara is concerned, everyone bases the uh, definition referred to uh, in a neder, defining the neder, by common speech. The Gemara asks, the hokra nasiv law, uh, you notice we have a little arrow to the left-hand side of the Gemara text. It will line it with above, and you see that Rav Yoshia said that the term mevushal is based on the pasuk. So he, how do you, how can you say that that he, that he would not hold halocha haloshan Torah? The Gemara says he doesn't base himself on loshan Torah. Asmachto bi'alma. The pasuk was simply brought as a support, but not as a proof. So that as far as defining words in the Dorim, Rabbi Yoshia agrees with the Tanakhama that you go according to common speech. The Pasuk was simply a support to the idea that Mavushal can refer to Tzli as well. Koinum Tavshil v'chulei and uh, we saw in the Mishnah if a person uh, restricted himself from Tavshil, uh, he's also in the uh, gravy type, loose type dish, and muter ba'ova. The Gemara asks, why is he muter ba'ova? He vowed not to benefit, not to enjoy, partake of tafshil. Tafshil would it seem to include uh, ova as well. So why does the Mishnah make this distinction? Omar Abaye, hai tana. Komidi de Misachil Be Rifta Tavshil Koru The Tana defines the word Tavshil as that which you would eat together with bread. So that if you have something like a soup or a, a dish that has a lot of gravy in it, people will tend to eat bread along with it. However, things that are thick dishes like a, a bowl of Porridge. People will not eat porridge with bread. That's as far as our Tana is concerned. So, Ova is not classified as Tavshil. Tavshil, once again, is that kind of food, that kind of prepared food that you would eat along with bread. Vihotanya. And here we have a Tanaic source that supports this idea that Tavshil is that which you eat along with bread. A person who swore not to partake of tafshil, he's forbidden all kinds of tafshil. He is prohibited from uh, from roasted uh, foods, from shaluk foods, and from cooked foods. The oser behitrios rakais shehachilin oichlin bohen piton. And here we must use our uh, markings. Notice we've dashed underline a couple words. <clears throat> One of the words was tashil, the beginning of the source. And 
we also uh, highlighted the expression there are other words too which are noted for specific reasons as the Gemara goes on but you see a relationship between tafshil and that which uh, the <coughs> that that which one eats along with bread. The last line of the source for osri cannot partake of hitrios is a type of vegetation also known as diluin that are hitrios rakos soft diluin that, that the sick eat together with bread. So again, the purpose of bringing this source in to citing this source is to show that tafshil is that which you would eat together with bread. Now the Gemara has some questions on the source itself. Aini, is that so? Namely, that diluin, which was referred to in the source by the word hitrios, that diluin, that type of vegetation, is good for the ailing. We present a story involving taking ill. An asi is a doctor. A doctor went to, to uh, heal him. Chaza kara mi demochas bebeise. The doctor saw a kara, and if you notice, for for one type of vegetation, there are a number of different words. That's why our write-ins between the lines should be very helpful. Kara is a dalas, just like we saw before. The word hitrios was diluin. So this doctor saw a dalas uh, vegetation. The mochas that's lying, the base that's lying in this sick man in Ravirmia's house, Shavke Venofik, he uh, abandoned him and walked out. Omar and the doctor said, Malach Moise Islay Ladain Bebese, this guy, meaning this is Ravirmia, he has in his house the angel of death. And I'm supposed to go in there to heal him? Now, what did we do with our markings? We dashed underline the word Korah, which was Dalas, and Malachamovis, the angel of death. So that you see that Dalas is something that's quite detrimental to the ailing individual. Now, a house marking appears, and on the side under the Nosei Mivneh heading, the Nosei is the topic heading with the Mivneh structural note, the house shape are Deos Lahasbir Im Diluen Toivim Laodem Choyla Oiloi. We're trying to we'll confront this issue head on. Are Diluin good for a sick man or not? The Gemara first approach, third wide line of the Gemara, Lo Kashya, Ha Birchichi, Ha Ba'ashuni. It depends on the, the, the uh, hardness, physical quality of the Diluin. If it's Rikiki, it's soft. If it's, if, if it's soft, it's good. If it's hard, then it's Ba'ashuni means they're hard, then it's bad. Rova bar ula omar ha bekora gufe ha begave dekora. This vegetation has a, an internal part to it and has a it has a skin or a shell to it. So that in the the kora gufe, the fruit, the vegetation itself, that's not good. That which is I I made a slight error. In other words, I made I want to make a distinction here between the the uh, vegetation itself. And that which is inside of it. It has many, you find different vegetations that have, let's say, a seed complex within the center of it. So that's begave, that which is inside of it. That is good. Habagave de kara, that which is inside the kara is good. Diomravuda, luliva de kara, basilka, luliva de kisna, bekuscha. Here we look in the Ran commentary. Uh, Luliva de Korah. 
that expression means Masha Basocha, that which is inside of it. That's uh, to be eaten. Basilka, Yevashlenu in Traden, the Ran says. Cook it with Traden, another kind of vegetation. And the Luliva, the Kisna, the internal part of the flax plant, is Rash The Ran says, Masha Basocha, Tov Lochlo in Kusach. That which is inside of the Kisna is good to eat together with Kusach. Kusach is the name of a type of dish, a, it's a dairy dish that uh, is described elsewhere in the Shas. So the, the, for our purposes, the, the term Luliva is that, that which is inside the respective uh, vegetation. So that which is inside the Kora, as we saw in the Ran, is good to be cooked with silka. With that silka, again, another type of vegetation. The Gemara continues, V'dovar zeh osu la'omro b'fnei amhoretz. And this, that we uh, just taught us about these beneficial uh, dishes, one is not allowed to uh, teach it, to inform the amhoretz. Amhoretz is the ignorant ones. The Ran says, so that they don't uproot all the flax for medicinal purposes, or for this purpose. There's a, a, a Rashi that says something that might sound um, shocking, but he says, This is very helpful, uh, very um, therapeutic. We are not allowed to tell the Amorats some things that they can benefit from. Uh, the other shot that Rashi gives is similar to that which is in the Ran, and that is the fear that they will um, they will get rid of all of them, uh, making them not available to the public anymore. The Gemara continues. Rova Omar Man Choylin Rabbonon. We saw in the source, we have a little star to the left hand side of the you can align with the star above. Reference was made to Choylin that were eating the Deluin, the uh, Deluin, uh, or as I should say, the Choylin, the sick people referred to in that source, weren't people that were uh, pathologically or uh, physiologically ailing. Rather, it's a reference to the Rabbonon, the rabbis. The rabbis are considered choylin in the sense that, as a result of their extenuating themselves uh, to learn Torah, their uh, Torah exertion results in their being physically weakened. Um, but, but actual sick, they are not. So they're the Rabbonin are considered weakened from what they would have been had they not been learning Torah. The uh, Rashi says something curious. He says, Choylin is Rabbonin. They abstain from all kinds of uh, worldly benefits and as a result, they have a tendency to become ill. So we saw different approaches to why the Rabbonin are described as Choylin. Uh, that having been said, a person who is, who is uh, uh, medically ailing, uh, suffering some, some type of pathological disorder, so he should not eat the Lewin. 
But the Rabbonin, who are basically healthy, but they're in a weakened state, Diluin is fine. Rova Litame. Rova, the, the, uh, here, that describes the Rabbonin as Choylim, is consistent with what Rova has said elsewhere. The Omar Rova, we continue at the top of Omid Beis, Keman Matslinon Aktsiri Va'amri. Based on whose opinion, which Tana would say that, uh, that we should pray every day, every day of the year for the Tsiri and Rii. These two expressions uh, are, are references to those that are sick. The uh, prayer for Tsiri, the Rashi says, Yisrael. A bracha that you're familiar with, in the uh, from the Shmona Esrei, and Ri also a brach in the Shmona Esrei, al pletas sofrehem, the uh, those that remain from amongst the scholars. But what we see here is that Siri and Ri are both terms referring to uh, those that are ill, and the brocha pletas sofrehem, a brocha for the Talmidei Chachamim who are referred to as Mri'i, Mri'i meaning sick. And this is all under Rova's name, who refers to the Rabbonan as Choylin. And in answer to Rova's question, based on whom would we daven for them every day? Keman Kerebiosi. This is in accordance with Rebiosi's opinion in Maseches Rosh Hashanah, where numerous opinions appear regarding the time of man's judgment. According to the Chachomim in Maseches Rosh Hashanah, it's pointless to pray every day because judgment was passed on Rosh Hashanah with the Gemar Din, with the final ruling following shortly thereafter on Yom Kippur. That's it. What's, si- what's signed is sealed and delivered. So there's no purpose in praying. However, according to Rabbi Yossi, that a person is judged every day. So there's value of the a person's um, fate is, is, let's say, is up in the air every day. Every succeeding day is, is a new day of judgment. So that there is room for prayer to help, uh, help settle the judgment in a positive sense. So the, as the Gemara concludes... Uh, from the fact that Rova made reference to these two categories is a reference to people that are actually sick and Ri is a reference to the Rabbonon and in order to appreciate this a little bit more we uh, look at the Ran commentary on the third line from the top that's Ksiri or Ksiri Mamish really sick, really sick, meaning they're sick pathologically. They're called Ksiri because they are of, let's say, a, um, a tense spirit because of their ailment. The Gemara continues, the, the Mishnah mentioned that one who was no dare min hamavushal is restricted from, he cannot partake of, of loose dishes, dishes, soup-like dishes, gravy dishes, but he's allowed to partake of thick ones.
uh, we should point out, in anticipation of the Gemara, that uh, he, he, he who had, had vowed not to uh, partake of Mevushal is allowed to partake of uh, a Tavshil Ova because one does not eat bread with it. Uh, we saw earlier in the Gemara that if it's something that you would uh, eat bread with, then it's called a tafshil. If it's something that you would not eat bread with, something that's like uh, that's a tafshil ova, then it doesn't come under the restriction of the uh, of of that which tafshil implies. The Gemara. Masnisin delo kivabav law. Our Mishnah that said ova, you would not eat with bread. In other words, that was the that was the implication of the Mishnah, as we saw later defined in the Gemara. Delo kibavloi is not consistent or is not like the practice of the Babylonians. The Omar Rabbi Zera bavloi tipshoi dachli lachma belachma. Rabbi says the foolish Babylonians whose custom was to eat bread together with bread, which is another way of saying that they, the Babylonians, would together with their porridge, they would they would eat bread. So um, our Mishnah that says you would not eat bread together with a thick dish, it, it, that's a practice that you would not find, you won't find amongst the Babylonians. Omar Rav Chista. Now Rav Chista was from Bovel. Leka de Mashil Lahon Laholin Nakdone de Hutzel Hodain Daisa Hechin Mali Lemichla. Rav Chista says, Is there no one that will ask the Nakdone de Hutzel? Nakdone are people that are very careful, they're diligent, they're precise. With regard to, in this context, with regard to their food eating, is there no one that's going to ask them, these, we'll call them these culinary experts, uh, how is Daisa best eaten? And what's the, what's the, let's say, the doubt, the quandary in which Rav Chista finds himself? Is it as follows? Dechiti, that means Daisa, porridge that's made from wheat, Belachmo Dechiti, Eat that along with wheat bread. Udesiri, a porridge made from barley, balachma desiri with barley bread. Or maybe the better way is dechiti bedesiri, desiri bedechiti. A wheat porridge with barley bread and a barley porridge with wheat bread. So this is what Rav Chista, who was from Bovel, was concerned with. Rava achle behasisi. Rava ate the uh, porridge with hasisi. Uh, Rashi says, "Ochla b'chasisi, haymalafis pito b'chasisi forshlo mesachet p'sochim kimcha davishuna kemach shaklois sorim shalaviu shlish omiyabshin oisan betanur v'klufin hein." It's a reference to a type of a certain kind of roasted grain that, in, in our Gemara, Rava would eat uh, uh, along with his bread. These roasted grains. Rabo Baravhuna Ashkechei Laravhuna the Kaochil Daisabets Bose. Rabo found Ravhuna eating porridge with his 
fingers. In other words, no fork, no spoon, directly with his fingers. Omar lay, am I kochimor biyodei? So, Rabo Bravuna asked, Ravuna, why are you eating with your hands? Omale, hochi omar rav. Thusly says rav, daisabetz b'osa bosim. V'kol shikain betartin, v'kol dekain betlas. And here again, we're going to translate the Gemara, but there is a suspicion that something much deeper is being alluded to over here. So, uh, as we've mentioned many times in the past, the Gemara markings Daf Yomi Shum do not delve into the, we'll say, the hidden mysteries uh, lying behind the um, the examples of the Gemara, but we do encourage people to look into these things further. So, uh, Rav says that eating daisa with your finger is bosom, is tasty. And all the more so if you do it with two fingers, and even more than that, with three fingers. Omar lay Rav lefia brei. V'chein Omar lay Rav Huna l'rabo brei. So you have these two Amaroyim telling their sons. Mizamnin loch. There are uh, two explanations that you'll find in the Rashi. Uh, the uh, second explanation he has is, is that if you are invited to eat a meal, so lemechal daisa, if you're invited to eat daisa, ad parsa, then uh, it's worth going, going, uh, seeking out such a meal, walking uh, a parsa, but not more. Parsa is a distance. It's made of four meal. A meal is 2,000 amas, roughly a kilometer, so a parsa would be four kilometers. If you are invited lemechal bisra de tura, if you're invited to eat uh, ox meat, at losa parson, it's worth walking up till three parsa. It's 12, uh, 12 meal, it's like 12 kilometers. Omar le rav lechio brei. Vechenomar le rav huna, the rabo brei. Again, you see this, um, the same names with the, these rabbonon uh, telling their sons. Kol meidam lo tiflot kamei raboch. Meidam means anything. In this context, do not spit out anything. Kol meidam lo tiflot. Lo tiflot is do not spit out uh, in front of your rabbi. Don't spit anything. Labar min korav except for uh, after consuming kora, that type of vegetation that we alluded to before, and daisa, the porridge, shehein doimen lepsilto shel avor. It's very hard to digest them, these things, just like a, a piece of molten lead. Vafilu kami shovur malt And even if you're in front of the Persian monarch, shovur malt shavush, king shafur, spit it out. Uh, you can see in the Rashi, Kol meidam lo tiflu kami raboch lo taruk rok bifnei rab. Don't spit out uh, spittle in front of your rab. Kedomer maseches irvin harok bifnei rabu chayav misa. One who does spit in front of his rabbi is worthy of death. Shenemar v'chomsane avu mavas avlimo chalta dlas v'daisa v'zamach avroit b'ficha. If you ate these foods, dlas or a type of vegetation or or daisa or this porridge, and after that uh, some. Uh, Saliva or spittle accumulated in your mouth. Plot b'fnei raboch, 
It's it's uh, injurious. The uh, this accumulated saliva after eating these dishes is dangerous. They're as uh, they can inflict injury on a person's body, just like a uh, a string of molten lead. The Gemara continues. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Chad Ochil Daisebetz Bosei, Vechad Ochil Behutza. One of these two rabbis ate Daisa, like we saw above, with his fingers, and the other used what we'll called a makeshift fork. Hutza is a piece of bark that uh, that after peeled off a tree and and, and fashioned in, in a specific way, it can be used as an eating implement. The one who ate using the implement uh, said to the one who ate with his fingers, Until when are you going to feed me your tzoa? Tzoa is a reference to the debris that accumulates under one's fingernails. Uh, people will say, why don't you clean your fingernails? So he who doesn't do that, tzoa accumulates there and when you take your fingers and dip it into the bowl containing the daisa, so some of that finger, we call finger debris, is left in the bowl. Next person takes his portion, he's going to end up eating some of that debris. So he was asking here, how until when are you going to feed me your soah? The one who ate with his fingers said to the one who used the hutsa uh, device, called makeshift spoon device, he says... Uh, I object. Until when are you going to be feeding me your saliva? Because it's supposed to, when you eat with your fingers, you you know where you consume the food on your fingers and you wipe your fingers clean. But if you're using a uh, spoon, after you dip, the, after you uh, eat from the spoon, uh, some of your saliva accumulates on the spoon, and people don't clean off the spoon before they dip it into the into the uh, bowl a second time. So, hence the uh, finger eater's objection to the one who ate using the hutsa, charge, charging him with feeding me your saliva. We have a new marking, a diamond appears on, on, on the side under the Mivneh heading, Havlotis Rabbi Yehuda. We'll be highlighting Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Aisu, Lekamaihu, Blusfein, uh, these two rabbis, Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon, there was brought in front of them, and they were served with bluesfine. Uh, Rashi explains bluesfine as te'enim, uh, uh, figs, overripe figs. Rabbi Yudin ate from it, and, and, and Rabbi Shimon did not. Omalei Rabbi Yudin, my time alochomar, why are you, sir, not eating? Omalei Rabbi Shimon, elu en yitzimidemayim kolikur. These things, the blue spine, they never leave your digestive system. All the all the more so good reason for eating these things because as as long as food stays within your mayim, within your innards, you have no appetite to eat more. So it's a, a very um, um, financially and um, health wise beneficial to eat something like that. That's not Yitzim in Mayan. Rabbi Yehuda, have Yosef come to Rabbi Tafan. Rabbi was seated in the presence of Rabbi Tafan. Omalei Rabbi Tafan, 
Rabbi Tarfin says to me, you know, your your face today is all aglow. So Rabbi Huda says, you know, last night uh, your servants went to the field and brought to us traden, a type of vegetation, and we ate the traden without salt. Had we eaten them with salt, then all the more so would our faces be radiant. Omro hahu matrunisa. It was a matronisa, like the name sounds, a matron. She's a, a woman of high rank in the uh, Roman society. So it was a matronisa that said to the Rebbe Huda, Mora Viravi, how can it be? You're a legal uh, scholar. Mora is someone who teaches, rules, offers uh, legal rulings in law. Ravi means intoxicated. They're all, there are almost contradictory expressions. How can you be someone who is a, uh, a legal decisor and a drunkard at the same time? Uh, now, these people, people who were drunk, would have a, there's a certain um, change in skin pigmentation, giving this uh, appearance of, of radiance. So, uh, she asks him, uh, how can that be? Omar law. So Rabbi says to the Matronisa, Hemnusa. Hemnusa is an expression like a vow. She, I swear. Hemnusa biyoda dahi itza. This is an expression we say, my, my, my trustworthiness is in your hands. Uh, again, it's a, an expression indicating a vow. He swears, itaimna, el kedushim avdalta, as far as wine is concerned, that intoxicates. Um, by your life, uh, if I drink uh, any wine other than Kiddush, uh, Friday night, and Havdola, uh, the Saturday night, when we make the Havdola uh, uh, ceremony, and Vabo Kosi the Pischa, and the four cups on Pesach, on Seder night. And after drinking the four cups of Pesach, they have such, a, uh, such an effect on me that my my temples, I have to bind my temples uh, from Pesach until Atzeres, until Shavuos, because of the the headache that I experience from the four cups. Um, so what is Rabbi saying in so many words? That I am not suspect of drinking wine in the, in the middle of the week, uh, and hence you can't associate my radiance with uh, intoxication. Ella... If, as far as my radiance is concerned, Chochmas Odom, Toyerpon of the wisdom of a man, enlightens his visage. Omar Lei, Hahut Tzeduki, the Rebbe Yehuda. Ponecha Doimen, we should have pointed out earlier, but the double underline that you see is highlighting a certain theme that you see throughout these sections of Gemara. And on the side under the Mivne heading, we indicate Maisim Akshurim Lemara Ponev Shabuda Karnos. Uh, different uh, stories that are associated with the radiance of Rabbi Huda. So here is again a third story. Um, a tzeduki. A tzeduki is a, a non-believer, a scoffer. He says to Rabbi Yehuda, Ponecha doimen ikemavli ribas ikemagadli chazirin. You look like someone who loans for interest. That's a loan shark. Or someone who raises swine. Both of these... Those are questionable uh, professions 
leads to great wealth, and a person of great wealth eats good foods, rich foods, and his complexion is one of we'll say, uniqueness, a radiance. So Rabbi, the, the Tzaduki, the scoffer, turns to and says, Hey, hey Rabbi, you're a, either you're a loan shark or you're a, a, a swine raiser. Omar Le'i says back to the Tzaduki, As far as, as amongst the Jewish people, both occupations are forbidden. Jews are not allowed to raise swine. Jews are not allowed to extend loans to fellow Jews for interest. Now, as far as my complexion is concerned, my radiance, there are 24 bathrooms between my house and the study hall, the base medrash. And uh, here I'm just, we'll just translate. And he says, and, and every hour I go into each one of them. Um, doesn't mean that in every hour he went into 24 bathrooms or the 24 bathrooms represent 24 hours and each hour he went into one that's something that one would uh, have to look into a little further but the point is is that by always making sure that your body is waste free as is suggested by this analogy that will result in improved um, complexion Rabbi Huda when he would go to the base medrasha, he would carry on his shoulder, is his shoulder, a gufa. A gufa is a type of kankan, uh, a receptacle, like a barrel. And he would carry the, this kankan, this uh, receptacle, from uh, his house to the base medrash. Um, and what was his purpose in carrying this gufa? He would invert it and sit on it, use it as a chair. Omar, Rebuta then, ex- then announced or exclaimed, Praiseworthy is the malachas, your efforts, your literally your, your work, but it's your efforts that end up uh, uh, bestowing upon you honor. So what kind of efforts bestow upon you honor instead of having to sit on the ground by carrying the the, the gulfa to the base medrash he was thereby in effect honoring bringing honor upon himself that he wouldn't be left sitting on the floor Rabbi Shimon Shokil Tsona Kasve Rabbi Shimon carried a Tsona Tsona is a, a receptacle just like we had the word above this was gulfa so he carried a Tsona on his, ba- on his shoulder uh, to the base medrash Praiseworthy and great is the type of his work that bestows honor to uh, the uh, to uh, to the owner. The visu the Rebihuda nafkis naktis amra. The wife of Rebihuda she went out and took with her some wool. Avda glima dehutvi, and she made a, a an article of clothing called glima dehutvi. Say a good kind of say coat. Kad nafkis lishuka mechasia bay. When uh, she would go to the market, she would wear, she would cover herself with this uh, clothing uh, item that she made from the wool. 
and Kad Naf Vekad Naf Nofik Rebbe Yehuda Litzliye, and when he Rebbe Yehuda would go to go out to pray, have Michsi Umatzli, he would uh, cloak himself with this Glimo Dehutvi and Matzli and Daven. The Kad Michsi Bey have Mevorach Borach Sheatani Meil, and when he would encloak himself in this, he would say this benediction. Uh, that uh, wraps me in a coat. Zimno Chada, Gozer of Shimon ben Gamliel Tanisa. One on one occasion, Reb Shimon Gamliel was the the Nasi of his generation, the leader of the generation. He ruled that the public shall observe a fast, and when a uh, when a uh, public fasting is established is declared by the rabbis, it involves m- much more than just mere fasting. There's a there's community uh, assembly for introspection. There's uh, There are prayers that are recited. There's a Torah reading. So, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel had issued, had ruled that they shall observe a public fast. Um, most often you find that in the context of a period of drought uh, or some other... Uh, public affliction or oppression and you want uh, divine intervention so in order to um, arouse the uh, almighty uh, in your defense so fasting is a well known practice Rebuta did not join together with the communal assembly on the on that fast day Amrilei and they um, they uh, Said to him, Lois. They they said to uh, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, who had declared the fast, Lois Kisuya. He can't come. He doesn't have anything to wear. He has nothing to cover himself with. Shodale glima v'lokabil. They they sent to Rabbi a glima, a type of a cloak or uh, outer garment, and he did not accept it. And we turn to the top of Dafnunam and Aleph. Um, if it wasn't clear till now. Uh, Rebbe Huda was very was was extremely impoverished. Very likely, it's Rebbe Huda Berbeloi who's featured in a, a Drushim Masechah Sanhedrin Dafchof, and there, as you uh, as well as over here, uh, Rebbe Huda had there was one article of clothing that he had to share with his wife. That's what we saw in the Gemara. He was a very poor individual. And when the uh, Rebuta didn't show up at the Beit Tanisa, the, uh, the, the, the students said, the students of the other rabbis said, you know, he doesn't have anything to wear, which is simply a reflection of his poverty. And they sent him this, uh, this glima, this uh, overcoat, and he didn't accept it. Dolly Tzifsa, Rebuta raised a mat, picked up a mat, a mat that he was sitting on, and he told the agent from the Rabbonon that brought the coat to him, do you see under this mat, and here a, a miracle took place, and the, the area got filled with, with gold coins. So, if you think that I'm, uh, I'm impoverished because I don't have any access to money, look, look at all the gold over here. However, I don't want to benefit, I don't want to uh, experience enjoyment 
uh, physical, uh, classic enjoyment while in this world. And hence, uh, my impoverished my, my, my state is something that I prefer to be in. And as you can see, as far as access to money and riches, I have no problem with that. No problem accessing it. But I don't want to benefit from it. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.